welcome to Temple of Health Radio Show. This is Dr. Susan Kolb, and today I'm pleased to have back as my guest, Mata Dalian. Um, Mata has been on the show several times and has a great, um, uh, I guess, kit called Healing the Body and Awakening Consciousness with the Dalian Method. It is a um, self-healing system, uh, a book and two CD sets with um, a great program for helping um, explore the awakening consciousness that we're all in. Today we're going to talk about how to remove the unconscious thought patterns that block our happiness. Welcome, Mata. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me again. So happy to be here. Would you like to give your contact information uh, before we start? So if they want to, uh, the listeners want to go to your website, they can follow along. Of course, um, my website would be Mada M A D A Dalian D A L I A N dot com. That's all one word, Mada Dalian dot com. Great, and you've got your books on there. And um, do you have any other information that they should look at? Uh, well, the bo- uh, both the books are there. The, um, the the information about the Dalian method is there on a separate page, mm-hmm. and uh, the information about the books will be in the store page, and that uh-huh. is um, uh, um, in search of the miraculous healing into consciousness. And the book that um, or the kit that you just mentioned. Um, healing the body and awakening consciousness with the Dalian method, an advanced self-healing system for a new humanity. And also I have another um, new product out, which is actually there's quite a few there, um, which is find answers to your questions. It's a 17-minute version of the Dalian method, which allows people to get in touch with their inner knower very quickly. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a 17-minute system that um, it's a participatory, so it's not just listening to it. It's a way that the method works in a way that it allows people to um, release what is holding in the body and then access that inner knower, the consciousness within, which actually always has the right answers, what each individual needs. So. That's a 17-minute. I'm just finishing 22-minute version as well, which is for teenagers and young adults. It's not out yet. And, of course, there's two meditation CDs there as well, which is um, Transcending the Fear of Death and the Unknown, uh, which is quite popular. People like to use just to finish unfinished business. And um, Noya's Active Meditation, which also... (laughs) It's another way, there are practical ways. It's a very practical way to allow all the negative emotions that sit in the body normally. We feel shy to express them. So it's a practical way to express, to say no to things that normally we want to say no to and we hold back and we don't Mm -hmm. allow ourselves to just, you know, be naturally expressing what we feel. And then come to that authentic yes that's within again. So the whole work is how to bring people uh, into themselves and uh, uh, allow them to see that actually everything that we feel is normal. We're human beings and we don't need to repress anything. We don't need to judge anything. It's all the self-judgment, the self-criticism and 
um, everything that we oppress in terms of our emotions, our thoughts, is what creates a lot of our physical uh, ailments. It creates our psychological unrest. So the whole work is how to um, access those precise repressed thoughts and emotions, release them, and come to that authentic being that you understand that actually it's my life and I have the birthright to live it the way uh, God gave it to me. And um, and then it also opens up the, that place inside that really has that self-compassion and then feels the true forgiveness. Because only with understanding is how we could come to those things. So the system helps people to come to that place of recognition that everything that happens in life is happening for a reason. And mm-hmm. there's always lessons in what we need to learn. That's why sometimes life is hard and um, things are not smooth. So once we see what the lesson is, and the lesson is always to find our inner freedom, to find our inner strength and power, to see that what happened is there to bring us closer to who we are. And once we see these things, we start becoming very grateful to things that actually happen, which the mind, the ego does not like. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a battle between the ego and the inner being that we all have to go through and recognize that I'm not the ego and, you know, what what I am inside. It, it's much more and does not really depend on the temporary um, life that the ego has and I can never die. So those are the um, multidimensional ways that, that uh, working with... Um, these practical tools help people to come to. And and I just love when, you know, love to see people get self-empowered mm-hmm. because it's that's the only way. We've been so much told as children and there's so, much, so many fears in our bodies that this is right, this is wrong, do, do, do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and to get self-empowered, to see that actually... I have a voice, I can use my voice, and and uh, frankly, that's the only way to come to find our inner strength, uh, I, I, to find our inner purpose, and many people search for purpose for life, and well, that's how to find it, right? right? To find it within you, because nobody can find it, it's your own purpose. So, but we cannot live our purpose. Many people, I'm actually amazed. People say, I want to find my purpose. And then there's so many fears there and they're afraid Mm -hmm. to really do or say what they really feel um, they must do. And, and then it's really hard to live the purpose. Never mind, you know, find the purpose. Well, right now the energies are such that, um, people are able to um, access this inner guidance more easily than, say, 30, 40 years ago. So, I mean, back when you were waking up, it took, you know, a lot of time and meditation, a lot of, you know, a lot of study, a lot of contemplation. And, you know, you devoted your whole life to doing this. You were really, really one-pointed in in your um, enlightenment. But now people can actually do this without that kind of concentrated effort. 
Um, the energies are such that are supporting people waking up, and I think that's why you're able to do these 17-minute and 22-minute um, guidance uh, uh, CDs because I think that it is much easier right now. I have a bunch of employees that work for me, and I see many of them are developing spiritual hearing, like just just out of nowhere. Um, they're, I mean, very detailed hearing, not just general stuff. And it's just really wonderful to see everybody waking up. And I think you're right. I think the um, we we've been programmed not just in this lifetime, but in previous lifetimes, to have a lot of fear um, ab- about certain things that didn't turn out well. You know, the the fear of not being able to make a living, or the fear of cancer, or the fear. You know, there's just fear of death. There's many fears that are that were really built up in our subconscious and unconscious and that um that does prevent us from stepping forward and doing the things that our our inner guidance may be directing us toward because we've got fear of failure and fear all these fears that are hopefully now able to recede some you know maybe we can um start to manage these fears and that's why today's topic is so good it's how how to remove the unconscious thought patterns that block us from following this guidance. Uh, yes, that's true. That consciousness has risen a lot, um, and I, you're right that this method people wouldn't have understood it or been able to work with it, say, twenty, thirty years ago. Right. And um, I do see that a lot of people are now. Part of it is as well. What what I recognize is, I could tell from my own experience is, when I was working and, and I devised this in 1997, and mm-hmm. gradu- the the uh, actually the method that I was working with personally one on one, I still do with people because it's um, um, quicker for me to see what's actually the chain of the unconscious patterns in the unconscious to what's built on what and go to mm-hmm. the root cause. Uh, and now, w- uh, what was happening then when I was working with people, I just realized that something's missing, something's missing. So I started exploring how to work mm-hmm. with the body and how to work with those thoughts that are in people's bodies sim- simply because I could hear them. And right. then working with the whole body and looking at uh, what's happening in the feet, for example. A lot of the time people are very much in the head because we're, our whole education system is in our head. We think with our head. We uh, seem to live with our head. And what I realized that people know things on some level, but what's happening inside the body, they're not connected to. And when I would look into the feet, for example, there's always fear in the feet. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. And the fear is from the child. This is the thing, the interesting Mm -hmm. thing that even people think, well, I've done a lot of things, I'm not afraid, but the child that was afraid is still in the body. And that absolutely needs to be worked with because just imagine for a minute, if the fear is in the feet and we interact with life with our feet, we're not completely, and this is in the unconscious, so we're not conscious of the fear in our feet, but then that fear is also part of our life that, that is running unconsciously. We're not aware, but it's not letting us break through. 
so once once that fear is addressed, and, and I have to say one thing. What I also realized is that the fear is imprinted in the body at the time of birth. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it comes from previous lifetimes as well as mm-hmm. patterns. Right. But at birth, there is an imprint. Everything imprinted in the body stays in the body till we become conscious of it. So mm-hmm. why is it at birth? Because the child is going through this, you know, is living in this paradise in mother's womb. It has nothing to do. Everything's taken care of. And suddenly it's being pushed out. And mm-hmm. there is an awareness in that being that I am being pushed out into something. I don't know what. It's the unknown. So I'm mm-hmm. being pushed out into the unknown and going through this small, dark canal, just imagine you for a moment that you're going through that and you're being pushed out and the way you're being received by the world makes a, a, a big difference as well. So mm-hmm. in that in that state, he's like, you don't want to go out, you're fighting. So we have that attitude of fighting with the unknown. We don't, we're mm-hmm. afraid of the unknown. We fight with what we don't understand. That's the part of it, you know, right. uh, our, our construction of the ego. And mm-hmm. so in that moment, what is the attitude that the child has in the moment of birth? That's the attitude that stays with them for the rest of their life until mm-hmm. they become aware to, okay, this was my attitude and this was my fear. And the child is always afraid to be alone. That's why people stay in, in dysfunctional relationships because of the fear to be alone. Mm-hmm. So. Even though there's a lot of uh, consciousness that has risen, now is the time for people to take full responsibility for every single thing that they feel because the world is like a mirror. It just gives us opportunities to see who we are. And that's the part that needs to deepen, and that's the part that's still not happening. It's starting to happen with some people who are recognizing they've done a lot of work. They recognize that... Nothing outside is going to save me. I have to do, I have to go in, see Mm -hmm. what's in my body, what's in my unconscious, and start basically becoming conscious. Because becoming conscious also means becoming conscious of all these things that that are in my unconscious. And it's all my unconscious. Mm -hmm. And then we go into the collective unconscious. What are the things that I'm repeating that are collectively unconscious? That, mm-hmm. that everybody does, and I'm doing it unconsciously, just because it's part of the uh, collective behavior mm-hmm. pattern. And then there's the would... cosmic unconscious. So there's so many things that are all in the body, and working with the body, mm-hmm. that's why for me, getting aware of what's in the unconscious in the body is extremely important to deepen that um, self-trust, to deepen Mm -hmm. that um, ability to surrender, to let go into the unknown, to trust the unknown. And Mm -hmm. uh, basically with that, then start relying on on your own creativity, your own strength, and saying, well, you know what? I've got everything inside me. That's the part that still there's a lot of chipping needs to be done. It's like the statue of Michelangelo when, um, you know... I don't know if you know the story, but that when the block, um, he saw the block, so um, he saw this 
marble block. And the builders basically said, well, this is useless for us. And for him, Michelangelo, he saw the statue of David in that block. So that mm-hmm. vision, we need to start living with the vision before mm-hmm. right. um, we're looking at the block, but we need to see the vision. So if we start living that way, if each person starts living with that inner vision, which is the mm-hmm. true vision of something to materialize, to something to create, then there's no competition. And I think competition right. is a huge issue here because people try to copy each other simply because they haven't accessed their own strengths and their own vision, right. their own creativity. Yeah. So to me, working with taking full responsibility for everything that happens mm-hmm. in in the person's life, in their body, and working what's in the body, trying to find because we are like the mini cosmos. We hear that all the time. But what does it mean? It means that whatever we discover in our body is how we're going to discover what's in the cosmos. Is that's how mm-hmm. we're going to discover that this planet Earth is our temporary home and the whole cosmos belongs to us and we could be anywhere. So therefore, it, it's exciting to start going in and knowing yourself and, mm-hmm. and then living without really needing somebody's approval, somebody's, you know, if somebody criticizes feeling bad, you don't need to feel bad anymore because you know that mm-hmm. everybody's, you know, the criticism part of the collective unconscious, the accepting of who you are, not accepting is part of that collective unconscious because your parents were there as well, part of the victim of that collective unconscious, and they did the same thing that their parents did. And then suddenly you see that whole generational pattern. It's like a chain of the generation before me doing it, then the generation before me doing it. And then when you cut that chain, you're helping the whole generation before you and the whole generation after you. So to me, yes, you need to do that hard work. There's no other way. And uh, even though we, you know, the whole... What's happening in the world because of YouTube, Internet, um, the information sharing. Now people are becoming more aware. But then, you know, in the past, everything that you hear in the media, you take it for granted. Well, how do we know what's true, what's not true? We need to explore the same way. We need to explore inside. How do we know what I'm thinking is right or wrong Um, or my you know, judgments. Why, why am I judging? Are my judgments right or wrong? You have mm-hmm. to explore your inside, just like you have to explore outside if you want to know the truth, what's happening outside. That's, yeah, I don't that's, think there's ever been a time like now where there is so much disinformation in the mainstream media and yeah. so much, um, you know, uh, of a uh, things that are blatantly untrue, and they know they're blatantly untrue when they report them, and then later on when they're found to be blatantly untrue, they just think that the public's going to forget, you know, but the public's a little bit smarter than that, so um, the the spiritually-based people are going to the alternative media to, to figure out what's really going on. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what they need to do, because right now the mainstream media is not is not being run by people who are honorable or ethical or or anything but trying to get you to think in a certain way despite what the facts are and of course they're not reporting the facts so you have to go elsewhere to 
to really see what, what's going on. Yeah, I did exactly. want to go back um, okay. and mention one thing. Um, there are people who have written books on this, which I think is interesting. People um, in a certain generation, many of them were born by C-section because it was more convenient for OBGYN to do a C-section than a natural delivery. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very different process when, you, you know, when you're born with C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, there's not the difficult thing through the birth canal. And um, I, I was wondering if you ever uh, worked with people who were um, born with C-section mm-hmm. and, um, you know, skipped that whole, whole process that might actually be beneficial for us where we have to strive and strive and strive and, you know, use our energy to be birthed versus just coming right out of the womb with no effort whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the C-section is, the principle is the same. Somebody's cutting cutting um, your mother's belly and you're aware because Charlie's aware of every single thing that happens. Mm-hmm. So your, your mother's belly is being cut and you are going to be taken out. Yeah, it's a little right. bit easier. But in this, like I had a case um, with with the boy that during the C-section, they cut off his his little cheek. And oh, yeah. and that could happen because and it was I think well, somebody I used to practice. be called to fix it. I, I was the plastic surgeon they called to fix it all the time when they were cutting things: a finger, the scalp, the face. I would go in and repair it. So, oh dear, you see. I, I know that that's true. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. yeah. So so this little boy was actually lucky. They just put a little um, bandaid on it, but mm-hmm. as as he grew up, he he had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So the anxiety, because again, you're feeling somebody's, you know, um, taking you out. Somebody's cutting something. That you feel the knife. You feel that mm-hmm. sharpness. Right. So it could be actually, I used to think that C-section shouldn't have the trauma, but then I realized, oh, my God, it could have even more trauma. Yeah, you it's know. a different kind of trauma. But yeah, the birth yeah. canal, I came out breach. And, you know, I came out breach. I came out um, very, very early because I was an RH baby, and mm-hmm. I came out deathly ill. So, you know, when I did my kind of a uh, regression to heal all that, it wasn't pleasant. I mean, it, yeah. I was dying as I was coming out. I, I yeah. left early because I, I, I would have died if I'd stayed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, some of us have very, very, very traumatic births. Yeah. And my my parents were told three times I wouldn't live through the night. You know, I was that ill. So, and they were also told I was mentally retarded, which was interesting because mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I was. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so that's you, why you're a surgeon, you right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sometimes you choose a very, very difficult entry, especially if you're a healer. I've noticed that many, yeah. many healers have had very, very significant traumas, either intrauterine or uh, after birth, that they had to overcome. So yeah. I do think all of it is part of the plan. I, I don't think it's, you know, it's accidental. I think it's very much part of the plan. But then the C-section babies have a different, probably different things to overcome. Mm-hmm. Because there is a difference, even though it m- might be traumatic. I don't doubt that, but there, there's a big difference between a, a vaginal birth and a C-section, and maybe you choose one or the other based on things we're not aware of yet. Yeah, exactly, and and that's what I was saying earlier. Then that trauma stays. That that 
um, thought because how do we form our belief patterns is based on our experience. So we have an experience and then automatically the, the mind says, this is how it is. If this happens, this mm-hmm. is how it is. So that becomes a belief and then it's, it goes into the unconscious and then it runs. And that's why remembering the moment of your birth is important so that you can actually see what sort of belief you formed at, and any trauma, any experience, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's right. very important to regress. And many times those belief patterns come from previous lifetime because nothing in mm-hmm. universe disappears. What we just changes forms. It's, you know, that's why recycling and composting works. <laughs> Because right. nothing, nothing disappears. Something that was, mm-hmm. you know, um, vegetables you were you were eating, discarding, then becomes a compost, and then you know, and then goes into the new vegetables. So it's the same way mm-hmm. our life. We leave one body and then come to another body to continue our growing process, but nothing disappears. So whatever we haven't been worked through, whatever belief pattern is there, it still comes with us to the next life mm-hmm. because uh, existence is infinitely compassionate and we need the time. It's impossible to turn a crystal in the earth into a crystal just, you know, within 80 years. It needs years and years and, you know, a very long time, right? Same way mm-hmm. our, our consciousness to become that crystal clear um, takes time. So that's why it's important to also go back and that's a lot of people work with past lives etc but what i have to say is that is this when we're looking at our previous lifetimes for example or we're looking at and many people don't even believe in that because they're so conditioned and they're so afraid there's only one lifetime and that's it um why we need to understand these things and see these things is not for entertainment. It's basically to bring it to the place of transformation. So when I created the system, what I realized is that just releasing a pattern, accessing, releasing is not enough. That is just the first step. And then mm-hmm. the, the next step is we need to absolutely be able to access that inner wisdom so we can see the lesson we can access the consciousness. So that's why when I started working with the body and the chakra systems, um, then you go back and forth. So it's not like I go up to the chakra system. I go up and down and feet and up and a head at top of the head and 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 um, the belly and the solar plexus, the heart, back and forth. And it's very mathematically designed so that. Every single area that we're working, we're releasing, we're, it's helping to bring us to the next step of becoming conscious. So, And mm-hmm. the whole body needs to be worked with. We can't just release one area and or just release, you know, um, in our head we know something and we do a little um, uh, steam release and it's still not enough. So we have to release the opposite, contradictory thoughts as well in the body because in one area uh, we feel good and and um, uh, we feel confident in another area we feel insecure uh, in one area we love somebody in another area we hate somebody the same somebody um, and, or ourselves so then 
all those both contradictory emotions need to be worked with and released so that we could come to the zero point where where is pure consciousness where there's no ego and there's no identification. So with the system, it breaks the identification with all the emotions and the thought patterns. That's how we come to the consciousness, by breaking right. the identification. And then suddenly when you identification is broken, you can't go back and be identified again because you saw it. Once you see it, it's like, oh, this is not me, this is not right, this is actually just a thought and not the reality. Mm-hmm. Just like you said when in the media, now we know that whatever we hear in the mainstream media is not actually accurate, now we know. We can't go back and believe the mainstream media again. So the same way is internally, you see it and then it's broken and it's like, okay, now I'm free. Then you get that sense of freedom inside that... Mm-hmm. You know, and and sometimes there are difficult decisions to make. Actually, I could give you an example. I worked with um, somebody recently, um, a, a pilot, and he lived, well, he was married for 28 years. So, you know, have uh, two beautiful children who are um, adults and they're forming their own families. And... Um, what happened, very caring, very loving person, but somewhere you you live with somebody for a certain period of life, and then he met um, another person, and he started feeling different emotions, something that mm-hmm. he never felt before. And as human beings, existence brings us what we need to feel so we could go into our next layer of our development. Right. Yeah. Uh, but in our co- uh, collective, we say, well, this is not right. You should stay with somebody that you married when you were 20 years old forever. So, but existence has different plans. Right. And that different plan is going to be beneficial both for him and um, for his wife because she also, it gives her an opportunity also to then go into start exploring herself because we start living autopilot after a while, especially in marriages. So, and and in the situation, so his awareness, well, he was very, very, feeling very guilty for his feelings, for, you know, what to do. But then when we worked and worked through releasing those guilt feelings mm-hmm. and working with my system, again, he came to an awareness to understand that actually... There, there's you get in touch with that sense of freedom, which knows that the right thing will be to actually leave and to to talk and have uh, uh, open communication instead of hiding and mm-hmm. not you know not being truthful. Because can you? I would rather have somebody be truthful with me than than stay with me and be unhappy. That's my personal um, you know preference. But because of fear to be alone, if people start compromising and doing all sorts of things to keep themselves in a miserable state. And we don't need to because existence loves everyone. Existence created everyone. Therefore, existence will support everyone in whatever situation is in front of us. And to know that from deep inside, not in the head, makes a whole difference. Yeah, and there's there's also some past life stuff that may come in here. 
I've I've had situations where um, the person leaving because they fell in love with somebody else. It was in it was planned because of the past life when the other person left them. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's a it's a reliving of the the um, past and the opposite. But it actually you're actually right. They they do need to follow their guidance and their feelings to get out of the old relationship. Um, that's the appropriate path. Uh, but there's there's all sorts of other things that come into it. So. That's that's very true. And also we have yeah. to remember that we've lived so many lives and we haven't just been with one person. We've been with yeah, so but many people. And a lot of times, though, we've been with the same person 30 times and every time we play the same record, so to speak. You know, yeah, and, that, that, and is true. Really that is true. That in this lifetime we break that and we're totally honest with one another rather than just repeating the same pattern for the 31st time. Uh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people absolutely. are in that situation where we're really getting to the end of an, uh, an epic or an era where we have to start really um, doing it right rather than just doing it over. Yeah, and doing it honestly, that's the whole thing, you know? Right. Okay. The understanding that you're a human being, you know, there's another human being for your growth that needs to come in in this moment in your life. Mm-hmm. You've done right. your job as a parent, and um, it, it, because it, this person, he met he met this woman, um, um, I think, a long a while back, and then they decided, well, you know, uh, he decided, well, I have children, I have family, I have to take mm-hmm. care, etc. So he went yeah. against his feelings. Now the family mm-hmm. uh, is taken care of, children have taken care of, they're grown up, and suddenly existence gives him another opportunity and puts this pilot back into, um, you know, co-piloting the plane with him. Right, yeah. Right. So then this is the thing. Why existence keeps doing that? Okay, you know, 10 years later or 15 years later, she appears again, and the thing is that it hasn't lived. You have to, you have to live, and the same emotions, the same feelings come up. But the the whole thing is now okay. You're a caring person. It's beautiful, and you've done your job. Now you have to be honest, and only yeah. through honesty is how you're going to actually help your wife and help yourself and help the other person to really live an authentic life. And mm-hmm. and this is the thing, we were afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. That's why we stay unconscious, un- well, unconscious and dishonest, really, because we're afraid. That's part of the collective unconscious again. We don't realize yeah. that, but truth, yeah, even if it hurts in a moment, but it gives an opportunity. One door closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. And and this is how also we develop endurance, we develop strength of spirit, we develop mm-hmm. ability to take care of ourselves, ability to be okay, to be alone. Right. So all these things are part of the plan of universe to help you be okay to be alone, or help you mm-hmm. learn to take care of yourself. Because you know, right, so many people are dependent on other people to take care of them. Well, there's, you know, there's an awful lot of people who are initiates who, even if they're married, they're both okay being alone. You know, so many, that is such an important lesson in initiation is that um, that, that you are perfectly okay being alone. 
And if you look at many of the masters, they are not married. You know, it's interesting. Uh, they might have been married before, but when they're doing their spiritual work, they tend to be alone. So, you know, it's kind of like um, codependency is something you just have to get over. I mean, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's I'm that example. I'm that example. Yeah. I live alone, and I and I love being alone. I have many visitors. I do too. You know, I they're nice too. to call, so spend time with, and I have many students that work with me and and come and. But but then I like I like that I'm com- and I live on top of the mountain. I'm alone. It's beautiful. Right, right. right? So people do have to understand that that um, many spiritually based people prefer to be alone, and yeah. there's reasons for that. Um, it's just uh, your your world is not lonely um, when when you're when you're in this work. Exactly. You always have. Um, uh, I guess you always have guidance. You always have you have you always have the feeling that you have plenty of help. It may not be you know in the physical, but it's definitely all around you, and and you definitely have a relationship with spirit, so that you never feel alone. And that's and that's that's how I think. Um, I think that's part of the path. I, I think that that now not that you can't be married. I've had two. Some of my friends, both are initiates. They're married. But they also are both individuals that are fully capable of being alone. You see, like if, if they go off and travel, they don't they don't really miss each other. You see what I mean? It's like they're, they're very very they may cohabitate, but they're 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 not um, codependent at all. Yeah, and that's the so. best kind of relationship, which is very rare. It is, yeah, very yeah, rare because most relationships are codependent. And well, they don't take energy from each other. They're just getting energy directly from spirit, directly through their higher self. They don't, I mean, and if you look at most relationships, there's one of the people is taking more energy from the other one. You know, yeah, they're not equal. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and then that's why you feel so lonely when the other person leaves is because you're missing your energy source. You know, you are you don't have an energy source plugged into you know, all that is, you know, God consciousness, you, you're plugging into other people. And that's why Facebook is interesting, because so many people go and try to steal energy from other people. If you look at Facebook as energetic, yeah. it's very interesting, because the trolls are out there trying to make people mad so they can suck their energy. It's, it's just really hilarious. Well, I, you know, you, I usually say that the world is like vampire. You have to. Yeah, you have exactly. To, you know, Before you become awake and aware. Once yeah. you become awake and aware, you really know when somebody's doing that, and you can just block them. It's just like, and that that's why you don't worry when people criticize you, because you know they're just trying to take your energy. Yeah, and, and that's that's actually the key, right? So once you realize that, then you become the master of your own life. And that's why it's so important to do that yeah. in our work, so that you can learn to discriminate. And if there's insecurities and need for approval and uh, fear to make mistake, then that's how vampires operate, operate on that yeah. fear. But that's how governments operate. That's how politics that's operate. That's how corporations operate. I mean, yeah. any group of indiv- any group that is trying to control what you think or what you do is 
taking your energy. I mean, yeah, you know, manipulate your fears, basically. Mind control. I mean, that's I've been studying the psyop stuff uh, through YouTube videos. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, ex CIA people telling us how psyops work. It's just yeah. fascinating. You know, there's a whole science. Um, did you know that when you watch TV, there's all sorts of subliminal messages that you can't really see. I I um, was watching a YouTube video yesterday where somebody took a selfie and with their phone and the TV was behind them and there were subliminal messages that said obey. I mean, oh, wow. the camera caught it. But, wow. of course, we never see, you know, when you watch NBC or CBS or ABC, you never see obey or, you know, these other yeah. things that are very common. but. You should look up on YouTube about YouTube about subliminal messages because, of huh. course, they can be captured because you know we have the technology to capture yeah, them. Yeah. But, and you you would just be astounded at what is actually done to sublim- subliminally program you, and um, it's just fascinating because you know most of us are trusting, most of us are not. I mean, we we just don't think that people would go to that much trouble to try to control us. We're dead wrong. (laughs) Well, it's been going on for centuries, not just now, right? Religions are based on that, right? The religions are based on uh, you can't go to God directly. You have to go through, um, you know, the the priest priest and, and, uh, yeah, otherwise you cannot be saved. And there's only one savior. You cannot save yourself. Right, right. So all those are those subliminal messages that have been going on for 2,000 years and longer yeah. for other religions, right? So yeah. that's, that's, that, that's the worst thing that uh, any institution called religion can do for you. <laughs> you can't save you yourself. Can't on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like what kind of a message is that you can't save yourself? Yeah. Well, I, you know, Jesus, Jesus never told anybody... That they were to worship him, you know that was there's no there's no verse or anything in the Bible where it says Jesus says you have to worship me. So, um, well, Jesus didn't create re- Christianity. That's that's another thing, yeah. right? So, yeah. and uh, Jesus was taken to the cross. He couldn't even save himself, and he suffered on the cross. So, okay, how is he going to ha- save us? Right? It's a simple logic. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only way was that he saved himself in a way that he let go and surrendered at the very end, said, thy will be done. And it's ultimately existence. It's not even Jesus and his will that saved him. It's thy will be done. Well, I I read something very interesting. All right, I watched something on YouTube very interesting about um, finding the lost Ark of the Covenant which was actually directly below Jesus when he was crucified, uh-huh. and some of the blood went down the pole and onto the ark. It's very interesting. But one of the more interesting things in this video was that Jesus told his followers that he would rise three days after the crucifixion. So they put him in this private tomb. A very rich man donated his tomb, and Jesus was in there, and there was this gigantic circle of a rock that was in front of the tomb, and they've actually found it. Um, and it was, uh, there were metal spikes on both sides holding it in. They, so you'd have to remove the spike and then roll the, roll the, um, roll the stone away. Uh-huh. And, of course, even a number of people would be required to do that. Just a couple people couldn't do it. And then they put Roman guards out. But what they found, and this was found recently in Jerusalem, 
they found that, of course, the stone was gone, but the the um, the place where he was, uh, his body was, was still there, and um, the spike was uh, sheared off. So when Jesus um, resurrected, or whatever you want to call it, ascended, or whatever, you know, when he did that three days after. Whatever force was used to get him out of there, and I don't know exactly what it was. I guess it was because he was a master and he could do it. Um, but that stone was sheared off of the, the spikes. The metal spike is still there, I mean, to this day. It wasn't removed and then the stone removed. So if you ever, um, you know, if you ever get a chance to watch this video, it's just fascinating about all the information. And then they found that the pole where he was crucified was directly over where the ark was. And remember, the ark was um, lost uh, at 500 B.C., about 500 B.C. Um, after that, the Babylonians attacked Jerusalem, and the ark, there was rumors that the ark was taken out, but the ark was never taken out. It was put in this, this thing. And then what are the chances that Jesus would be crucified directly over the ark 500 years later? I mean, yeah, it's a and, fascinating and story. Absolutely fascinating. There's, there's but, another know, book. So whatever got yeah. Jesus out of that tomb, because you remember that the tomb was empty. And then, of course, he started appearing to people. So whatever, I mean, I, I have to say Jesus has to be a master in order to do that. I mean, I don't think he... I, well, I don't think there's any question. Definitely, definitely yeah. he's a master, and he went to India, and he learned. Yeah, after you know, that. he did. Uh, yeah, he went to India after that, too, though. Uh, after the, crucifixion, there, that's the story. There's yeah. another book that he, he actually went to India, and he lived in Kashmir to be 112 right. years old. And there's apparently two graves there, one of Moses, one of Jesus, in the same, mm -hmm. like opposite each other, that is being right. taken care of by Jewish family. Yeah, yeah, and, and so, you know, he didn't die on the cross. He, he, um, he, well, like many yogis, many masters can appear to be dead but not be dead. You know, that's that's part of the, the mastership of this dimension. But, um, it's, it's, yeah, but I was so just amazed that, at the story that, that the blood yeah. of Christ was actually yeah. on the Ark of the Covenant when it was discovered. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, that's that's the thing. Like with this kind of information, um, you know, still it's the more this kind of information comes out, the more fundamentalists mm -hmm. become agitated because then, <laughs> right. you know, no, we have to follow what the Bible said and who wrote the Bible, we don't know. And well, um, what people, happened, we don't know. People who wrote the Bible were not, were not directly... Uh, well, the I mean the you know the stories in the Bibles don't even line up with each other, so you know. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, but the thing is, it's still happening. It's happening every day now. Mm -hmm. You know, they're preparing for the Third World War the same way they did the Second World War, and uh, you know the same sort of like Russia is the aggressor, and Russia is not the aggressor. Actually, the aggressor no. is blaming somebody else. So that they could start no, their Pence, war. Pence kind of, Pence kind of uh, nailed it when he said China is who we need to worry about. Because the truth is that China put backdoor um, hardware uh, things into a lot of the chips that are used in all of our commercial airlines, our military, um, you know, boats and planes and all of our equipment. And it's known now that some of this um, hardware 
is can disable any of these things. So they can crash a plane, they can disable a ship, they can do all sorts of stuff. Oh, I didn't hear and, that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. No, Pence, <laughs> Pence um, look on the alternative media. There's all sorts of information, including the names of the companies. But Pence, in a speech not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, revealed a lot of this. So he said, Russia's not our enemy like China is, because China planned all this and actually did it. Okay, we, I mean, it's actually done, and now we have to undo it. So, um, you know. But the, you know the, what? Uh, you know what, Susan? I don't, like, I don't trust anything that comes from the government sources, because what if that's another pretext to start a war? What if. No, no, it, it isn't. No, this is proof, though. I mean, I have people, I have a lot of friends in the military. They had to change out all of the chips in all of the planes. The first place they had to do it was Air Force One. Air Force One could have been crashed at any time. So they had to change out all the chips. Now, this is absolutely true. This is, I mean, this is, um, and then if you look and see how many crashes have been done um, in military planes, I mean, there was a whole rash of them. So, um, before they learned that they had to change these chips out. No, this is absolutely true. I don't think, I mean, I think what Pence is saying is the truth, but we haven't changed out all the civilian stuff yet. But the military is well on its way to changing out everything. But, um, and then the other thing is all the intellectual property and all the, um, you know, all the plans, all the development plans that were stolen by China because these chips were in place and any of the computers anywhere could be accessed. Because because they you know they basically had a backdoor into any computer in any defense project or any anything that the U.S. government was doing, so just know that the Chinese have thought ahead hundreds of years and planned for um, all sorts of contingencies that may or may not happen, but that they're the they this actually happened. So and Pence, huh. Pence talks about it. So I mean, just know it happened. I mean, and, and he and, says and that Russia is not our it. enemy. Well, there. Well, I'm not saying Russia. We don't have to keep an eye on Russia. We do have to keep an eye on Russia. But the Soviet Union is no longer in existence. You know that that big power thing. It's just Russia now. And I don't know if you've ever watched the interviews with Putin, but he appears to be. He claims it's a democracy. He claims that. You know, communism is no longer running the state, which, I mean, it, it, the interviews with Putin were very impressive in my mind. Yeah. He's a very, he's a very um, talented statesman. Now, is he genuine? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's just appearing that way, but he appears to really be a hardworking person who is trying to bring Russia out of a depression, you know, a bad time when the Soviet Union broke up, and stabilize it. And I don't think that he is, like, the world domination is the goal of Russia. I mean, Not at all, no. China, China may be wanting to be number one in the world, you know, that, that we don't know that that's not true, because China still is communist. But so, economically, but anyway. they do, yeah. Economically, yeah, they are so, already number one in the world. Well, they, they, but they don't have military dominance. You know, they don't, I mean, the U.S. still probably has military dominance. But, it. you know, I, I don't think um, we really need to worry about World War III anymore. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to become economically dependent on one another to the degree that actual war would 
would not be a good idea. I think Actually, it's, what... it's happening right now um, between um, all the NATO forces are in Ukraine surrounding Russia, and they want to mm-hmm. attack Russia. So they are preparing for a third world war. Exactly the same way um, that was happening in the Second World War, it's happening now. Uh, it's it's like right. the same formula is happening. So NATO forces are all around Russia. That's why Russia, that's why Putin is so adamant on um, protecting his borders and yeah. getting the technologies yeah. because they're, the uh, Ukraine is a fascist government right now. And... Mm-hmm. Um, with 10% popularity with the current president. And Mm -hmm. uh, they're basically, uh, yeah, they basically are now all the um, American soldiers are practicing on the the USSR, uh, I mean, USSR, yeah, planes to know their technology because Ukraine Mm -hmm. has 30% of them. Hmm. So they are preparing for war. Hopefully Not here, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't how, think Putin wants to engage power. in war, and I don't think we want to. I mean, I'm talking about the Trump administration. I don't know about the the things that control NATO because that's that's a different that's a different thing. But I I don't think that Trump is like uh, you know preaching that we need to go to war with Russia. I, I don't fact, think I know Trump wants war. It's 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 the it's the um you know different forces that want war trump is not yeah. he you know he's not in charge of war he wouldn't right. he he's a businessman he would rather do business than do war right so well, i don't think god trump we have thank god we have somebody who's not warmongering at the at the front of the us because we yeah. could then raise tensions with any i mean china or russia or or others that to the point where where war would war would come out you know because that's what they're thinking and planning and that's where their thought forms are but but, but trump is does he have that. power to to actually uh he went to Stop he it? went i don't know he went to know. helsinki to meet uh putin and you know yeah. to have some some opening and then the media just criticized everything and the powers behind yeah. it didn't like yeah. it so now they're well the powers behind the media want war okay that's that's the truth and they control nato so you're you're right but, but i think that I think that the energies of the planet are not going to support war. I'll yeah, that's that te- that's definitely. I I I'm very very sure of that uh, because I even actually saw that in 1990. I saw mm-hmm. that power balance, and I wrote it in the epilogue of In Search of the Miraculous: Healing in the Consciousness. Mm-hmm. I saw that the two forces, the unconscious and conscious forces, were. Um, very much um, there, the unconscious forces were very large, and then within, uh, and there was this globe of light that was in the middle of darkness, which, you know, Mm -hmm. darkness simply means unconscious. It doesn't mean it's, you know, uh, it was scary. (laughs) It's just unconscious, which can become conscious any moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and and what happened is within seconds there were those light streams that were entering this ball of light, which was the light of all the awakened people, and right. and uh, oh, there was like within seconds really so many entered, and like you said, mm-hmm. there's so many people becoming conscious, and like Gurdjieff said. Um, and Osho said, if 200 enlightened people are on the planet at the same time, 
the mm-hmm. whole consciousness can be shifted. Right. So, so that that ha- I saw that happening, and then there was a moment of standstill, and mm-hmm. there was a moment of balance. It was like a scale was balanced, mm-hmm. and it was like okay, which way that the scale is going to tip, mm-hmm. and within again in that sort of like a standstill, that that ball of light pulled the last stream of light into itself. Mm-hmm. And the the balance tipped toward consciousness, right. toward light, and that's where I knew that everything's going to be fine, you know. It is. Uh, yeah. And and but but that's the that's the importance of each person doing their work, because it each is. person Absolutely. doing their work yeah. is how they're going to contribute to the collective. Mm-hmm. It's not by going and holding flags and you know doing mm-hmm. doing demonstrations. It's by transforming their own energies. Right. By becoming right. conscious right. themselves right. is how they're going to contribute because that is that is really that's a real force that's a real mm-hmm. power. That's true. Well, we're coming up on the end of our hour. Would you like to give your contact information one more time? Yes, of course. Yeah, we sort of veered <laughs> veered into the into the polit- political arena, but it's all connected. But My, you know, uh, the political is important right now. Mara. Of course, really of course, is, because it's of course. draining energy from good people where it doesn't need to. If yeah, you actually yeah. see what's going on, you're going to yeah. be at peace because you realize that the military and Trump probably have control over the dark forces rather than the other way around. Well, you, you hope feel better so, yeah. about it, you know. You would hope so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah my contact information, again, to um, to check out uh, is modadalian.com. And um, I also have, well, besides all the products um, there, if people want to work one-on-one personally with me, they can. And um, there's the online courses and workshops, et cetera. So, um, this is what I love to do. Just love seeing people get self-empowered and uh, find their own strength and truth and and live happily. <laughs> so Great. that's my work Great. and that's your work. So we'll keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mada. Um Next week we're going to be interviewing Frank Joseph on an interesting book called Military Ent- Encounters with Extraterrestrials. So that should be a, a different type of show. Um, that'll be on the 27th. Thank you so much for joining us, Mata, and uh, please join us next week for all the listeners. Yeah, may, uh, many thanks to you as well. Always a pleasure talking to you, Susan. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.